0: On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today, and we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We
1: love you, thanks for listening, and enjoy. Heath Oaks is a millennial mogul whose ignorance on fire led him to fail his way to success. Jenny Anchando is an Emmy award-winning journalist whose sharp eye and biting wit have led to her storied career in television together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only an odd couple with a dash of perfect opposite can. So kick back, relax, and join the conversation. This is Second Shot with your hosts, Heath and Jenny.
0: Yes, 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 you get to hear my beautiful voice again.
2: I think that the phrase is beautiful, redneck voice of mine. I
0: just thought it was beautiful.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you're back, babe.
0: Jenny, Zach, and Matt here as well. So we got the whole crew in. Hey. Yeah, hello. Yeah, we were just kind of talking about it. Um, I mean, Jenny and I were blessed to get to see one of the most epic performances of all time. Like, this was one of those, like, like how, how much would Once you pay if lifetime. you got to see Beethoven ever in right. live? right? But, uh, you know, it would be big time, right? Thousands like, of dollars. Okay. Anything I could. We got to see Brighton Valentina Oaks in her ballet recital. That she stood there and didn't move the entire time. She just literally, like, stood there looking out at the crowd like, uh. And,
2: Nailed it. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, and, and when she spotted us, she waved, and that was about it. She kind of, like, put her hand, like, there was, like, the whole time she, she literally She put stood her there. hands
2: up, like, once. She stuck her toe out once, and she did one turn. And then she threw a lot of shade at the other girls. Yeah. Like, she has a very serious-looking face. Like, yeah. some people, if she were an adult and continues this, would call it RBF. Yeah, exactly. But, she has a very serious expression on her face, you know, <laughs> inquisitive, you might call it, but mostly it looks like she's throwing shade at the other girls. Nice. <laughs> she's just kind of staring at them and looking at them like, what are you doing? Did and they, what are these people doing at my dance recital? Did they
1: do that thing where they lined them all up in one line oh, yeah. on stage? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. There and, was
2: the, a, and the others danced and Brighton stood there, yes. Right.
1: Where was she, like in the middle on the end?
2: Yeah, <laughs> right in the middle. okay. Just oh, oh, the I smallest one, well, too. Well,
1: yeah. That's not so bad as being on the end because then that's a little, <laughs> so I think in the middle you're hidden by them. Were you able to see like rehearsal or, like, did you see what she was supposed to have done? Yeah, the other yeah, girls were doing all the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: In yeah. fact, Matt, I sent you a video, so maybe I, I'm not sure if we'll be able to get sure. it up in the third segment, movie. we can show it. Um, it, it is just comical, and I think that a lot of parents can relate to those things where you get so excited and you know the whole family plans the day around it, yep. and then you know kids do what they want to do. I've
0: got a funny story about I, that. But. I mean, I didn't think there was, a, I thought there for a little bit. The, the ballet outfit was not going on like she was like no I'm not wearing that Couldn't and I'm shake like that
1: Cinderella dress huh yeah exactly finally get past that <laughs> yeah
0: Ooh.
2: we did finally get so past that so we at that.
0: least got the dress on she got to stand up there and just stand still and not move at least well oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a life, well, a life on the stage may not be. For yeah. her. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, may may not be. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Oh, we have a good set of headlines, you guys. I feel like our episodes going into the end of the year are just going to be such fire.
1: It's true. We got good stuff. Our first headline uh, today: Jimmy Butler finds Heat teammate Bam Adebayo <laughs> five hundred dollars for every game he doesn't attempt. A three-pointer. On the pronunciation on that, I may not have it right. I'm not a sports guy, so excuse me. But uh, Bam Adebayo is not the ideal center for the NBA team in the year 2019, but he's on the Miami Heat, and he's trying to make some three-pointers, but he's just not that good at them. Apparently, in 2017, he took 28 shots at the ball. Uh, Four of them went in. Shots at the ball. Shots at the rim. (laughs) Jimmy Butler, his his Heat superstar is known for his intensity, is trying to change that. Not by getting extra practice reps or connecting him with a coach who can help Morgan's three-pointers, but by merely offering him a bribe, all right, a, a, a wager, as it were, a gentleman's agreement, some people would call it. He has set up a deal with his teammate, Adebayo, to pay him $500 if he doesn't take a three-pointer, which what that means. Adebayo will pay him $500. And if he does <laughs> take a three-pointer, if he at least tries one, if he throws one, Jimmy Butler will pay him 500 bones just for taking a swing at the rim, just trying it, $500. Bucks. Uh, this has you know, been met with relative criticism, I think, by the team. On the one hand, hey, great. Our center shooting three-pointers. Great. Anything to get him to do it. On the other hand, uh, Jimmy Butler has said at any point, if I'm in the corner and I don't pass to him, it's because I don't want to pay him $500. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've got somebody who's not passing to the center on purpose. Uh, thoughts on this? He's obviously just trying to get him to actually take the shot.
0: Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. just take a chance. Because he's probably
1: scared. Yeah, and I guess my question here, and I haven't followed this enough to know all the backstory here, but my question here is why. I mean, he's a center. He's not supposed to be shooting three-pointers. That's not his role on the team, right? He's supposed to be down near the bucket, more or less. Um, so I'm not really sure what, like, I don't know what it this must... says about play to your strengths or or whatever, but I, I wouldn't fault a guy who's, whose role is to be the center on a basketball team to not shoot a three-pointer. That doesn't, like. I don't know, but maybe, I, again, I don't know the full story here. I think that it's probably part of the offense.
0: There's probably some piece of it now. I mean, because nowadays yeah. in, in basketball, the centers are not just under the basket. Sure. Because nowadays centers are, I mean, you... We've come you, a long way you, from you the you big got, guy down in the... Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have Dirk, who who wasn't center but was as big as almost any center that yeah. there there is out there shooting with it. I mean, it it makes your team a completely different dynamic when a big guy like that can drain the three, That how much they got to guard, you know... Um, when I heard this story, though, um, you know, and I've and I've gone blank and I've looked and looked and I can't figure out why I can't find it. But there um, I was hearing the story about this guy that said um, he and his buddy and, and it led to them creating this app that does it. He and his buddy both wanted to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we've all done those little silly things. Hey, man, you know, you do this. Uh, you know, we used to have this thing in. um, um In our meetings, where if you said anything negative, you had to come up and put a dollar in the negative jar, you know, to try to stop people from doing it, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, But what they did, most of the time with stuff like that. People do a dollar or something. These two friends bet that $5,000 they put out there, which they didn't make a whole lot. $5,000 a piece if uh, there was a certain amount of weight that they both needed to achieve. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And they had two months to get there. And if one of them did not get there, then the other got to to pay
2: $5,000. Five grand. But if they all got there.
0: Nobody paid anything. Okay. 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 And for the next several years, anytime they saw each other, they could ask the person to weigh. And if they weren't in the range, Mm -hmm. they had to pay the five grand.
2: Oh, oh wow. dang. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, no, not taking into account any sort of potential health things that could be yeah. going on. That is well, interesting. it wasn't an
0: extreme amount of yeah, weight they yeah, wanted yeah. to lose. It was literally just being healthy and it was whatever. But they've created an app that you can go in there and anything you're trying to achieve, not just weight loss or anything, and make real kind of significant um, deals that actually makes you go, I'm not going to lose that. And that's what I kind of thought about because I think about it at times we go, Oh, I wanna lose this weight, or hey, I'm gonna achieve this goal or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do and you don't put any skin with it. You really like you go, Oh, I'll put a dollar in a jar.
2: Yeah, and it's like that doesn't matter for most people.
0: No, you gotta yeah. do something that makes you move. Like right. like look, you tell me there's five hundred dollars to get it and I'll be like, hey oh, five grand I gotta pay is a different thing. I'm going to lose that weight. It really made me think about going big with the with repercussions. Goals. If I don't achieve what I want, like, like instead of just a, oh, you know, because as we go into New Year, right? Like, oh, you know, make, I won't uh, have to pay this $30 a month gym membership if I don't stick with it. No, make it to where it hurts you.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think about goals like this, and I think the most painful thing and it would be for any of us to get to the end of our lives and have not done what we were put on this earth to do. Mm -hmm. Especially, if some some people are still trying to discover what that is, and that's a journey. Some of us will find it out really late. Some of us know it from the get-go. What a a true tragedy that would be and how painful that would be if you were not able to fulfill that. Especially if you knew that it was your own fault. Sometimes we feel like, okay, this is my gifting, but you're not able to come across the the opportunity. Most goals, (laughs) we can go out and make happen ourselves without the help of really anybody else so what a what a tragedy i mean that that's that's the big payment your entire life to not do what you wanted to do that doesn't mean that you're creating some sort of app or doing you know becoming famous or doing anything big i just mean like what it is that in your heart you know you want to do yeah that's that's the payment Mm -hmm. but yes in order to get that i like the idea of doing something like making yourself okay i'm going to pay that five thousand or something like that the other thing I thought of with this article was um, it's almost like he wins either way. So if he doesn't shoot, then he doesn't miss. But if he does shoot, even if he does miss, he gets 500 bucks, right? Yeah, or, yeah. or he, you know. So um, for a lot of us, some people are just born like fearless. They go after stuff. They go snowboarding. They go off jumps. They take all the shots. They raise their hand. And some people really do need a little bit more pushing in order to become fearless. But I think that becoming fearless um, for that type of person can take practice. And so each time he does this, he is becoming a little bit more fearless. And then the um, the, the fear chunk of it dissipates a little bit
1: yeah i i'm a big uh, video game guy and and i'm a big fan of of, of kind of in integrating elements of like gamification into productivity right you give yourself a reward okay. something. sure. sure. You, you earn it right i like he's interpretation of going the other way instead of dangling like a carrot in front of you why don't you put something behind you That'll push you forward. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, that's
1: worth that's that's worth mentioning. And you're right. Like you gotta risk it to get the biscuit, right? Yeah. The bigger, I love
2: that. The bigger uh-huh. the, I, Can that be the title no, of this episode? <laughs> yeah, please. Yes. You gotta, you gotta, gotta risk, risk it, it. to I get the biscuit. I can't stand
1: that phrase. But you would it. think that is. that would be something I would say. Yeah, I know. it really, yeah, <laughs> it really is. You gotta risk it to get the biscuit. Yeah, like sometimes, yeah, putting something behind you to drive you forward, whether you like it or not, whether that be immediate fear of failure or having to pay your friend five grand. Um, that might work way better than giving yourself a little reward at the end of the day.
0: And look, you can't be, like, the thing is, is doing something like that guy did, and they did, like, they knew it was totally in their control right. to do it or not, right? So, sure. like, it wasn't, uh, the if they had to pay five grand, it was 100% their fault. Uh-huh. Like, and that's the thing, is I think whenever you go into this new year with goals and you start thinking, because everybody waits till the new year's, which is insane to me in the first place. But the trick is, make your move and jump that you want to do put something behind it that makes you actually squirm and get uncomfortable if you Mm -hmm. don't get it like stop with the little dollar this and the little oh you know maybe this no put something that Mm. makes you squirm like make a repercussion that will make you uncomfortable to achieve the goals you want to do we'll be back in a minute on the second segment of second shot
1: up words she translates Heath and Jenny host more of second shot coming up on RNCN.
2: okay you guys so we have been working on this partnership for a while. This is a company that we've used as a couple we've used individually and now they are on board as a sponsor so we're giving a big shout out to myllc.com. You used them back in the day, right? I've been using like when them. you first got started in business. I've been using
0: them for 12, 13 years. It was the easiest thing in the world. If anybody's thought about setting up a company, paying big lawyer fees, they think it's a big you know, mountain of a task to take on. But with myllc.com, if you go on their website and you call them, if you're doing an S-Corp or corp or anything, they're going to walk you through it. They won't make you feel dumb. And they're going to handle every process every year from now on from you, the stuff with the state and all of those things. So if you have any rental property outside of your own home, you need to have it in a my LL, in an LLC or an S corp or something in order to protect you legally. If you're doing side hustles, you need yeah. to invoice them from the legal entity because it can protect you legally my secondshot slash second shot there's a coupon code 99 uh, my llc right
2: well yeah all you have to do is go to my secondshot slash second shot and they'll give you 99 dollars off which is super generous and this is kind of like a limited thing so if you if you were thinking about it again you kind of started your side business you're thinking about getting it going or you've got a big business i mean they work with with all sizes it's $99 off. The other thing, if you're already on the site, you can use the coupon code 99MyLLC. Again, it's 99MyLLC from MyLLC.com. This is this is the company we've used for all of our different entities and projects. They've been so great to work with, and we're just excited to have them on as partners.
0: MyLLC.com slash second shot. Go now.
1: Run. Run. Ready, aim, fire. Second shot is back for another round on RNCN.
0: Jenny and I look like we um, like scheduled to match today.
2: We're coordinating. You know? Oh yeah, I see oh, that. That's yeah. true. kind of cool. Our fall coloring. Yeah. Mine's from La Tote. so mine's rented. Ooh! What? If you want a free tote, message me. <laughs> okay. Tote, no, Tote. Remember, I hey, used means to say else that. In our house. Oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite phrases. It was just there's Heathes. one to write down. Yes, this is a Heathism. Um, he would always say, "So you know, I would get up for work at one thirty, two in the morning, and I would always be staying up so late. And he was like, tote tote your beep, <laughs> tote your beep,' like basically get to bed. And it, w- I was just like. I, I was constantly trying to elude him, like trying to get you know hide from him as yeah. I was staying awake. And, and just so like everybody t-
0: know, I was trying to get her to tote to be
1: good for her to go to sleep. Yeah, it was I in it. my She kept interest. trying to stay awake too late. What, yeah. what were you? Why were you trying to stay awake so late? I, I, I
2: have major FOMO. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. the yes, most FOMO. She
1: has massive FOMO. I
2: cannot miss anything, be it a, a conversation, a tweet, a TV show, um, uh, just yeah. anything that's going on in the house. And um, I just don't like to go to bed. I, I just that. love life.
1: For anybody who doesn't know, what is FOMO exactly? Fear, fear, of, fear mis- of missing out. Gotcha. You're not a real millennial. I was like, somebody out there is oh listening to this and is like, what? No, thank FOMO? you, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Fear
2: of missing out. Fear um, of missing out. Brighton also has FOMO. Yes. yes. I gave birth to a child with major FOMO. Well, I've, I've gotten better at it. Don't you think I've gotten better at it? <laughs> Eh. <laughs> sure. Well, I guess I'll put yeah. $500 behind my FOMO.
1: That's right. Five grand. Or five grand.
2: That's five right. Grand. No, 500's a lot to me. is fine.
1: Sure. Uh, speaking of having a lot of money, uh, the second headline's really interesting. Goldman Sachs CEO takes the subway, gets his own coffee, and as a side hustle as a DJ. Golden Sachsman, Golden, Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon isn't your average C-suite executive. Yes, he made $23 million last year. But since taking the helm at the investment bank from Lloyd Blankfein in October 2018... He's been eschewing Wall Street's stuffy ways. Uh, 57-year-old Solomon is known as D-Soul on the weekends when he performs his side gig as a classic rock DJ at nightclubs in New York City, Miami, and the Bahamas for for bands like Guns N' Roses and the White Stripes. He also rides the subway to work, and he prefers to get his own coffee. Uh, When Solomon was asked about it, he said, I mean, why wouldn't you take the subway? It's quicker and it's more efficient. You know, the mayor of New York City can take the subway. Why can't the CEO of Goldman Sachs? Worth mentioning here, the mayor of of New York City Takes it on occasion for promotional photos. Yeah, it's like he a publicity does not actually take, thing. He has a private car, I promise. Uh, but apparently, it's <laughs> is a mixed bag with his company. Goldman Sachs feels like this may not be the best image for their CEO to be riding the New York City subway. He doesn't care. And good for him, right? They feel the same way about his DJ persona, too. I'm sure seeing your CEO on Facebook in the Bahamas <laughs> at 2 in the morning, uh, slinging sick beats on the ones and twos, might be a little bit of concern for your uh, stock. stock company anyway the point is this guy is is living the life and doing his own thing and he's not out playing golf every day he's out living amongst the people living his dream and also being great at doing it what do we think of this What what, what did you bring on about this one well, i think why this did is I, great
2: why did i bring bring it on well okay i think that you can only do these things first of all if you're performing really well in your job i will say that yeah. I, I i do think that it's sort of like you need to know the industry that you're in to a certain extent However, how cool is it when you are so good at your job and you are doing so well that you can truly live into yourself and nobody can say a darn thing about it? That was sort of my second shot because isn't that the goal? We all have certain industries and, you know, I think that everybody's industry has a certain demeanor they're looking for. You know, if you're a preschool teacher and you come in all stuffy and, you know, you're never smiling at anybody and you never wear those cool teacher pins. Are you even really a teacher? (laughs) You know,
0: <laughs> you need to get a teacher pin. The
2: teacher pins. The teacher. Pins. <laughs> um, you know what I mean. I have no idea what about. don't. I don't know okay, about my mom's pin. listening, and she will know what I'm talking okay. about. She, Absolutely. She would have for each holiday. She would have you know like these overall dresses and big bold prints and everything. Yeah. Anyway, we all have our industries that that there's sort of like the industry standard. Sure this guy's doing so well, he doesn't have to meet that and he can fully lean into who he wants to be. And I think that that's um, a cool place that he's put himself in. I think it might be a little bit of a shtick. I, mm-hmm. I think this may be a little bit of like like we said about the the mayor. That may be a little bit of a publicity stunt. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know him. And I also think um, we get so caught up in our work life that we forget about having hobbies, which makes us less valuable as employees or leaders. Sure. So I do like that example.
0: That's actually what I was taking from it the most was the whole side hustle thing. And 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 people talk about side hustles all the time, right? Like in, nowadays in that world, it's like always. Uh, this I like side that hustle. it's okay
2: now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before they were just like Jenny, you're so poor you're working all these jobs yeah. and now they call it a side hustle <laughs> yeah. you, you know it's
0: like, capitalism <laughs> and I, and i think look i i think i think what you were talking about is key like if you don't have your side hobbies like your your fun things that that you do outside of that can drive you um i think it can affect your your work life mm-hmm. I, I feel like if you don't have that that um passion project yeah because, look, you don't have to. Everybody talks about, oh, do what you love. Be you don't have to do your passion. You just better have time for your passion. Does that make sense? Like, yes. Okay, like, wait, like, but
2: explain that deeper. So, I know so what you're talking
0: about. Your dad is the perfect example. In my opinion, your father is one of the perfect examples for that. There was nothing your dad had a passion about his job. He didn't. He didn't. I mean, he never. I never heard your dad complain about your his job. So your dad was a happy person. He had mm-hmm. the perfect job that he had exact he was hours. Good at it. He had hours in and out because his passion was riding his bike and racing, mm-hmm. and he did that all the time. He had a job instead of never taking the management opportunities, which he never yep. did because mm. he didn't want more responsibility because he didn't want to have the time taken away from his love of riding his bike. Yeah, and so. What I love about that is he lived a life and has lived a life. He's not dead. He's still here.
2: Yeah, of <laughs> And fun. now he's retired and riding his bike yeah. every day. <clears throat>
0: That's right. But I mean, when, when I go to it, I think, see, he didn't do what the culture pushes of taking those next steps and jobs because he knew he didn't care about it. He wanted to come into his work and go. He didn't want to have that extra right. responsibility that would pull him away from riding his bike. So, I mean, in and, and, and overall, her father is a very happy, great person to be around because sometimes we may all... In, in today's world, be beat down by thinking we're not doing what our passion is. Maybe, yeah. maybe oh, like you're career doing. Wise. Maybe yeah, you're yeah, yeah. doing that career that you go. This isn't my passion. This isn't what I love. Make sure you make the right steps in whatever that career is. That that doesn't have to be your passion. You don't, that doesn't. Now I'm not giving you the right to be negative, Nancy, and be rolling around in poor pitiful me all the time. No, what I'm saying is be happy in what you do. But it doesn't have to be your passion. If you have your passion outside of it, it's fine but find your passion and have your time for it. maybe a side hustle yep.
2: maybe a side hobby who knows uh-huh, a weekend right. project i think that's such a such a good point because i remember saying to my dad when i was younger you know when when opportunities for management would come up hey why don't you do that you've been there for 20 years and he was like absolutely not i it, you know i like mm-hmm. to ride my bike when i get done in the winters i like to Snow ski, ski. I like to um, go with the family. I like to hike, you know. So he wanted that freedom, and so he knew. I think the key, the, the thing that the gift that he had was knowing what makes him happy. Yeah, and you know? not
0: and not succumbing to and the n- fact of the pressures of Mm-mm. moving up through management to make more to do all those things.
2: The other thing too, I'll just keep using this example: is he could have said, "Oh, cycling's my passion, so I'm going to work at a bike shop," which if, which would not have allowed him the same type of benefits and yes. career that the, that that a, this career track did, where he worked um, as an engineer at the hospital. So. So it's almost like I think we do get confused, we kind of think oh we we have to be in this industry that we love for for ten hours a day or whatever, and who knows i I predict he will maybe work in a bike shop in his retirement yeah. you know we'll, we'll see yeah but but he didn't think, oh I have to be so immersed in this that I have to go you know be a race director or something like that that would add more chaos to his life and actually take away his ability to do his passion yeah.
1: i think uh, it's I think it might be really easy to to learn the wrong lessons from this story, you know, like you mentioned at the beginning, Jenny if <clears throat> this guy isn't good at his job. Then all of this stuff mm-hmm. here is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think back to that story we did uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe a couple months ago at this point, about the the young CEO who said, you know, to be a really effective manager, you got to sit amongst your crew, and you have to have an office, or you have to have a desk out in the you know middle of the office. And we talked about how that's maybe not the most effective way to manage a company. And I think about like if you're if you're CEO and you have perhaps uh, money and means to do so. You still may not be as effective at your job if you're spending all your time outside of it, running around being, being a DJ and taking the subway instead of a private car or something like that. I don't have a problem with my CEO doing things like that if it makes them more effective at their job. You know, I don't have a problem with them taking a private car or a private plane places if it makes them better. Um, if they're able to do that, all that stuff at the same time, I think that's great. But I don't think it's enough to just simply say, "Oh, you know, it's important to stay real and it's important to stay, you know, in touch with your passions." You need to be. You need to have earned it, I think, in right. order to get there. And I think it, it says something that Goldman Sachs has not, you know, ousted this clown. I mean, there's another thing in here <laughs> yeah. about yeah, I know. There's yeah. another thing in here about him loosening the dress code at, at Goldman Sachs. Uh, he was the first CEO ever to come along and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, uh, suits and ties are optional." You should wear them to important meetings and stuff, but like you can loosen up a little bit. I'm sure there were people at Goldman Sachs who were reeling when he came up oh, with that. Oh, the e- old school! But they haven't yeah. got yeah, but they haven't gotten rid of him because somewhere along the way, what he's doing works. And yeah. They're Like okay, yeah. you know what? People believe in this guy. We believe in him too, and that means a lot that an organization would do that. I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I look at it more so that if you're sitting in a spot that you're not, maybe what you do every day is not your passion. That's okay. Be happy in that, but find your fulfillment outside mm-hmm. of it. Find your side hustles. Find your things that can be your passion projects outside of it. Who knows where it may lead or it may not lead to anything else besides you always having your passion and your time. And don't make your career moves just because that's what the society and the pressure say do. Make the moves that's right for you and for your situation and not anybody else's. We'll be back in a minute for the third segment of Second Shot.
1: Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Heath and Jenny still to come.
2: Okay, we wanted to take a quick minute to tell you guys about a company called Energy Ogre. So Heath and I have been using this company for years to save money on our electricity. Uh, We've told you guys about it for, for months and months and months, too. So basically what they do is they shop around your electricity, and then they find the lowest option, and then they manage it. So you know how if you notice your rates are going up, you might call around? but but who really does that? So they do that for you. The deal is that it costs $10 a month. And if they can't save you anything, then they, you get the $10 back. So for us, what we noticed is it cut our bill at least in half. So we're talking, we were upwards of 200, maybe a little more than $200 a month. Now we're down to a hundred. Yes. Even in the blazing summers here in the Dallas area of Texas. So it's energyogre.com. So here's ogre. It's O-G-R-E. So E-N-E-R-G-Y-O-G-R-E.com. And they actually give us a deal for second shot listeners. So if you would like to use it, the discount code is second shot. So you can try it for free and see how it works. Again, it's really not a risk because if you get on there and they can't save you any money, then they don't charge you anything and you'll get to try it out for free with the code second shot. <laughs> kick
1: off your boots, or suit up, the choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN.
0: The best thing in the world here is, is the fact that the, this review, he literally titled it, Shameless. <laughs> there we go. Because He's of, of no my massive amount of shamed. shaming. Oh, yeah. now,
1: uh, we, There's that pressure to do something yeah. that you need to do. Mm.
0: So we've interacted some with this. Uh, I know it is. It's from Tint My Glass, so Tint My Glass, I think he has a business in like McKinney area, Tint and Glass. So.
2: Yeah, he does the whole DFW area though, yeah. and he is, seems awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Tint My Glass, he said, Shameless, gave us a five stars book and entitled Shameless. I just spent five hours on the road today listening to this dad gum podcast. <laughs> I want to make sure that I go to bed at night with a clear conscience, so I'm writing this review. Seriously though, <laughs> I love this podcast. The content is always changing and constantly piquing my interest. Like I said, I've listened for more than five hours today. I am really enjoying the guests on the sit-downs. Each one is bringing something new to the table. Can't wait to spend more time on the road. Very uh, cool. Love it. Thank you. And I've actually been
2: playing phone tag with him. You guys don't know this, but I've been playing phone tag with him because I'm trying to... uh, He has an interesting story that I would like to potentially share. Oh, so okay. thank you, Tint My Glass. The right.
1: Tint My Glass?
2: Mm-hmm. There's yeah. more
1: shame. Get back to Jenny. So we, we got somebody else that gets <laughs> to move. Yeah,
2: get back to me. No. Yeah. Somebody
0: else that gets to be moved off of the shaming list. That's right. This is Chris1223455. Two, two, five, five. Don't know. <laughs> it's a weird last name. Yeah. yeah. Positive Never Vibes. Did. Five star. I absolutely love this podcast. I know this is Heath and Jenny's podcast, but every single one of you make the show what it is and bring something to the table. Jenny get uh, started on Heath. Ism book ASAP, please. I'm a true Texan myself, and I sometimes wonder how you can translate what he says when I'm left
1: scratching my head. Thank you for the positive podcast. The world needs more of this.
2: I love you, Chris. Yeah, this, that's, that's awesome. Funny. You that know, is funny.
1: you know, a Heathism's great when you write it down, and like three months later, look at it, and you're like, nope, I have no idea what this is supposed <laughs> to be. It just made Dead sense gum. in the moment. Yeah, yeah. at it now, I can yeah.
0: tell you. Yeah. So, oh. thank you for the reviews, and I'm shaming everybody else if you haven't left one.
2: Hmm, hmm, hmm. Mm, feel the shame <laughs> what's your new year's resolution yep. <laughs> we're gonna shame. fine you five hundred dollars for every day you go and oh, don't leave a review
1: oh, yeah. wow! there you go yeah
2: oh man
1: podcast turning a profit
0: now um you need to talk a little bit about you this past weekend you did the holiday parade
2: the Dallas holiday parade. Yes. Oh, it was so fun. So if you're not in the Metroplex, you may have even heard about it. It's one of the largest parades across the country. Uh-huh. Um so we haven't gotten the final numbers in, but hundreds of thousands of people. Some estimates of some of these parades have been upwards of six hundred thousand people, all in downtown Dallas for the parade. So this was the first year in a couple of years that they've done a live broadcast on TV. So Next Star, which is now I believe the largest station group in the country, has purchased CW33, which is a TV station in Dallas, and they got the rights to broadcast the parade, and I was blessed with the opportunity to co-host it with Ron Corning, who has been on this podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we just had so much fun. You know, <laughs> temperatures were in the 40s, so we were like a little bit wimpy, but then we would look down and see the kiddos who had been waiting. People get there really early in the morning, like 4 or in 5 in the morning. In their dance outfits.
0: Y'all are sitting yes. there complaining they're
2: in their dance I know. outfits. Yeah. I know. So the kids are in their dance outfits. And we're complaining in our coats, but it was just, it was neat. And I have missed, I mean, I love, I love doing this truthfully, but I had missed doing a live TV broadcast like that. So it sort of revived that, uh, that passion and fun. So it was really, this
1: is, this is a perfect opportunity for all of us uh, podcast listeners to to live vicariously through you. Uh, what's it like hosting a holiday parade? What time are you getting up in the morning? Very
2: nerve wracking. So I, gotta, yeah, I did have um, a woman named Chris who I tagged on Instagram uh, come over and do my makeup that morning because it okay. was a big event. Um, so she came over. At, I got up at four. Okay. Got ready. Showered. Did my hair. Yeah. Chris came at five. Did my makeup from five to 545. Yep. Then got dressed, loaded up the car with all the snacks. All the food, okay. All the things you're providing food and snacks. Uh, just for myself, oh, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the way you made it sound, Ron yeah, and I right. stayed and had a Bloody Mary afterwards nice. while, the, while the traffic <laughs> went yeah. by. Um, and then we got there and ran through the show. So there was a pre-record okay. for some of the intro. It Makes was, sense. you know, the, we we pre-recorded because it was a really elaborate intro, and then we went into the live show, which was utter chaos. No, but so much fun. Well, so the parade lineup. Uh uh-huh. um, there's always going to be a glitch, right? Where somebody gets sure. out of order or somebody goes Especially when it's a whole crew
0: that no, don't work with each other. Right, know. none of us right. work together. So normally yeah. you
2: do this parade. They, they, this station doesn't have news right now. So, so they're kind of piecemeal i don't say piecemealing because it was a great production team but we got these individual parts together right, a lot of
1: freelancers probably and
2: exactly a lot yeah. of freelancers but we were all coming to bring it you know we all wanted it sure. to be a good performance but um some of the people in the parade got out of the lineup and ron and i are thinking oh my gosh who's coming next yeah. what is that i see a bugs bunny it's balloon i yeah. see mrs claus yeah. uh but it was it was really great the the production crew that came together was phenomenal that's great
1: what was I the guess. coolest uh, display
2: that you saw? Ooh, you can say, um you can say let's see, let's see. Okay, well, Miss America was there, so that was pretty cool. Ooh. I mean, that's a pretty big coup for yeah. Dallas to have Miss America there and singing live. Probably my best uh, favorite performance. I loved the mariachis. Okay, you know me. You asked me for one favorite. I can't just give one. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were um, Clowns on Stilts. I always find that to be very impressive wow. because it's a long parade route. Sure. And oh, then wow. some of the dancers. Um, HTE Dance is a world class performance production company based in Dallas, mm-hmm. and they present this parade. Phenomenal choreography. It's very difficult to keep choreography and lines and everything together on a parade route because yeah. you're not lined up with like even just basketball yeah. court lines. You're just out on the street. Uh-huh. And, and they were. Uh, impeccable i don't know how they did it but hte dance shout out to you that's impressive so that's that huh, and cool. speaking of impressive i do believe we have that video of brighton oh, for yeah. people do, who are indeed. watching on I'm facebook Excited.
1: okay here we go
2: <laughs> so she's the short one first
1: so, off the outfit second quality. from
2: second from the left yes yep. <laughs> Luke, <They're just laughs> at wow Gosh, <laughs> <need Whoa. bug. laughs> <laughs> oh she's just so for those now, of you who are okay, looking be, at it on. to
1: be fair there are others that are standing there not really yeah, doing anything she's one, not the
0: only one there's a big gap but in she just middle. so happens to be right between the two that are really getting after her. right they're really, yeah there's <laughs> so, an appearance of so for uh, anybody that's just listening brighton these two girls next to her literally look like giants where they're like four years older than her she's sitting in the middle just literally standing there they're all dancing and
2: The other girls are looking so cute, and Brighton has a perma glare on her face. (laughs) Okay, yeah,
1: that's just epic. (laughs) All right, so here's 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 my thing. Uh, After college, I took a lot of weird jobs, and one of the things I signed up to do for a while, I was a videographer for. Uh, girls dance recitals at schools I around love this Texas. So much. I drove around that's, and did this. Yeah, I, like drove up to San Antonio for weekend. Yeah, and they would do uh, spring shows and all kinds of stuff and I would do all kinds of age ranges so I'd sit way in the back with a camera and I would film it and bounce it around as a whole thing. So I've seen some bad shows. That was not that bad. I've seen really? meltdowns and tears okay, and parents true. coming up and trying to pull them off and then <laughs> sitting and like get on the floor and roll like, that was hell pretty together. All around, not just pride. And everybody did pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah. they just
1: chilling. I just love that yeah. you had
2: that issue. I do. Yes, that is that a, is
1: a very real thing I did. The pay was
0: terrible. Now, now, what's our question?
2: Our question of the week. And as you guys, we are getting to the end of 2019. We're about it's to start nuts. a new decade. I know. No pressure. <laughs> about to start a new decade. It's fine. So, I have to go back to my notes because I was in my Heathism section mm-hmm. writing down... Um, writing down uh, the most recent heathism i'm glad
1: you have a secondary notes for that oh you yes. are writing them down they i do i'm writing archived. them
2: down because i have so many books i need to get rest done.
1: assured listeners i yeah. need to do it the southern fried yeah.
2: unfried and i need to do that's a heath-ism. Good
1: and the baby i've been thinking about it a lot baby food mm-hmm. book that and thing the baby yes yeah. and uh-huh. baby food yeah yep. don't forget that
2: so here's what i'm doing here's what we're asking you what was the most pivotal part of your last decade so this could be deep i mean uh, this could be positive it it could have been a harder turn i'm just asking to think about what was the most pivotal part of your last decade and i want to also preface this with saying we're not trying to make you relive something bad that happened but i do think that we can look at it and sort of understand how our life has changed so maybe something happened five years ago that you thought was really yeah uh you know gosh the the end of things for you and you've you've gotten yourself back up and and turned your life around i mean who knows what and maybe it was something really beautiful and a big blessing and something really positive so what was the most pivotal part of your last decade
0: i mean there's i know it sounds cliche but there's literally nothing no way around the fact that i mean us getting married to me i mean had to be i mean there's no yeah. way uh, there's, Yeah. cuz there's nothing cuz brighton doesn't come without that um and stuff with work is is one but like you know married you know you're stuck with me forever like, it, no appears, what you do. it appears so.
2: It does <laughs> um, seem that that's the case. I have to case. say that
0: that has to be the most pivotal for me. I mean, that was, I mean, that has to be. I agree. I mean, yeah. th- there's really no way we can get around that. Maybe the next decade we can get something not cliche, but like, <laughs> us getting married in this decade is kind of hard to, and it was right in the middle of the decade. So,
2: I think, no, I think so too. Um, I think so too. And you're right. And with that comes Brighton. And the biggest thing for me about having a child, the biggest change is that I've realized that never again in my life never again not for an instant will I be totally worry free. Yeah. And I don't say that as a complaint. It's just to me that's been the biggest difference in having even a, a husband too. Be, you're just you're just no longer yourself. Yeah. You're no longer a single entity. Forever I will think of of other people and the way that my life takes shape and how it relates to them.
0: And you couldn't have imagined that before you I had her. You, never. I couldn't either.
2: I wish I had the words to explain how every day when I wake up, I'm thinking about the, how my decisions impact you two. And um, and that's a great that's a great thing. It's it's not a it's not a bad kind thing. It's like just I know I'm never going to have one of those weekends where I just lay around and do nothing. Even on vacation, you're always thinking of those other people
0: kind of like mm-hmm. you negotiating and, and telling her that she can't have books but watch one more block of tv oh my gosh that, that was, was a mistake like, yeah, yeah that was so funny
2: Your parenting is all about negotiation <laughs> That's right. we've learned we actually this is a, a formal technique <sighs> that we've learned about through her school so we've been oh. trying it but um but we <laughs> <laughs> I made a bad negotiation the other day. Uh, things got turned around. She, it, once again, she kind of beat me, you got and played. somehow I, she, I got, totally got played. And somehow <laughs> I ended up offering a block of TV, which is a block of TV is just like a section of TV between commercials. A block of TV versus books. I don't know how she did that to me. <laughs> she, got, yeah. she won. Yeah, like that's something. I would do. Yeah. That's something I'll do in it. the next yes, decade. Right. Yeah. Anyway, what about you, Zach? A- who is about to be married?
1: Yeah, she's going to be a hostage negotiator. Uh, <laughs> I, I would probably be proposing to my to my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it close second is is asking her out on a date because we started dating in 2010, oh. which is obscene. I realize, but look, there's a lot to understand there. I like I I've said it before, but I, I was a very different person when I was 16. I was 18 in 2024. 20, now I'm 27, and like somewhere along the way, like you fall into. Like, a, just a level of a comfortable lifestyle with a yeah. person, right? Like, we we were going out, and it was just like, things are great. What's wrong with what we're doing now? Things are perfect, you know? And then the whole world was like, oh, my God, you need to get married. Hurry up and do it. And, oh, and sorry. No, it's we okay. Were... Sometimes, like in the first segment, that and that external pressure helps drive you towards being a better person, I think. And and that's that's what that was. It was me sitting down realizing, okay, why haven't I done this yet? Why haven't I taken the time, really taking stock and spending a lot of time? Um, evenings after she'd gone to bed staying up and watching a movie or something and sitting on the couch just contemplating why, why am I doing this this way why haven't I done this why haven't yeah. I changed and like a lot of that all built up to hey you know what I need to I need to leave this idea that that, that I don't know whatever I was thinking behind and, and kind of grow up a little bit and, and figure out what okay. I'm doing and that's that's what that was and I feel great about it and we should talk about the wedding because that's going to happen yes it like seven in like seven days from recording this podcast right now it's real close but we'll get to it in another episode probably uh so yeah
2: yeah should we tease ahead should we give the wedding details in the next episode i'm gonna be
1: here for the next one i don't think i'm here for the next there's no way i'm here for the other two in december there's no way yeah
0: we'll have to talk about a little bit on the next one yeah uh but matt i'm
1: curious what's yours um, I mean, I I don't want to say the same thing that everybody else has said, but I did get married in 2010. Yeah. Oh. Um. So technically, that falls within within that decade. Um. But if I did want to give a, a slightly different answer, I mean, it, it was if it's not marriage, then it's work related, right? And uh-huh. I yeah. made a big career change, leaving a uh, long time career in radio and in longer time being obsessed with that. I guess is probably um accurate you know that's for since i was little that's what i that's part of what i wanted to do and definitely since i went through high school and college that's what i thought my life was going to be was doing some sort of on-air thing and um yeah just kind of reassessing all that and saying all right i'm going to take this this quote-unquote dream that i had and shifted a little bit Mm -hmm. and that was a lot of agonizing and i waited probably a lot longer than i should have to to make that change but um I think ultimately it's going to be a good thing, but it did completely alter the way I look at, at my life and what I'm doing. And I think getting married was part of that. You know, I had to start looking, I had, you know, I was living a life that was, I wouldn't say comfortable, but it was doable for me. But then I, was, when I started thinking, well, gosh, what does our future look like? And maybe I ought to yeah. try to save for retirement, you know, like, what is that about? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, that. what <laughs> is that about? And, and just like helping support another person. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, th- I think doing that was probably the the what's end up going to be the uh, the biggest change in my life. So
0: what was yours in the last decade? Go to the second shot Facebook group and let us know. Uh, leave us a rating a review, and I'll stop shaming you, but I'll keep shaming everybody else who doesn't. Where can they
1: find you? At?
2: JennyAnchondo.com would love to see you in the Second Shot group. Facebook.com slash group slash Second Shot.
1: At AppleZackIntosh on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Like Jenny said, Facebook.com slash group slash Second Shot. Come join the conversation. What did you do that was big? Let's hear it. Uh, The other most pivotal moment in the last decade is I started an Instagram account. It's called (laughs) (laughs) MattStoker1. You can find me there. Cool stuff going up all over uh, the Christmas holiday and uh, as well as on the Second Shot Facebook group.
0: At Heath Oaks or at Ignorance on Fire on all those platforms. I love you guys and see you next time.